Passive or even distant. But you know, sometimes why is the key. A key that can unlock so much to our lives. Join me as we explore the why with fascinating contributors to the world. Those that entertain us, inform us, teach us about life, and if we're lucky, inspire the next in all of us. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger, and welcome to Headroom, a production of Rainlight and co-produced by Old Soul. Let's go. Why don't we go down the rabbit hole, everybody? Uh, I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. I'm excited for this conversation with Nick Swinmurn. He is the founder of Zappos, as many of you know, but that, that's actually not what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, we want to talk about the next, and I put that in quotes, um, and what he's doing with uh, Moons of Mars and Web 3.0 and NFT and all these things that so many of us are trying to get caught up on because it's sort of it's going to be the new reality. Um, Nick, I want to start with this one. Thank you for your time today. Um, I think you're, you know, look, I get to read a lot of bios in the work that I do, and I will tell you that your bio was incredibly fascinating to me. Uh, and what I think I took from it was I felt like I was sitting with you in the room as you were talking about it. You were painting a picture. You were being humble and sharing your experiences. And I think for entrepreneurs out there of all shapes and sizes and backgrounds, I think getting an understanding of what it's like to be in the shoes of an entrepreneur that has both had success but also had to make some tough choices and pivots in their lives I think is very valuable for the next generation in that regard. Uh, let's talk about this before we jump into moons of Mars, because I'm very interested in, in what this is and, and for my own learning and I think for the audience to understand the role NFTs will be playing in our lives. Can you talk a little bit about your relationship with success? Where are you? Yeah. Are you in good standing with your with with success, or how, how do you understand <laughs> it now at the age and sort of the level of wisdom and accomplishment that you've achieved? Yeah. No. Thanks for having me. Excited to uh, have this conversation. Um, you know, I think I've I've uh, it's a funny one because because you try to define it internally, right? But a lot of the times you it's hard to get to that place where you're okay with that and you're not just uh, you know on purpose or accidentally finding yourself drawn into like outside perceptions of, of success. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm great. I'm in a, I'm in a great place. Um, grateful for, for everything. Um, you know, happy, healthy family and, and, uh, and doing, doing what I, what I want to do and, and what I like to do. So I think, you know, it couldn't really be a, a better place than that. Did it take, a, did it take time for you to become comfortable with success and what that meant? Not just, internally but really sort of externally and then the role that you played in that narrative because I feel like for a lot of people it becomes a story that they don't even know is being sort of written in real time and it we'd like to think it's choose your own adventure book series that I liked growing up but sometimes it doesn't feel like we can choose the what that next might look like and our relationship yeah. to success can impact that ability to maybe control the narrative to some degree. Yeah, I mean, I've always kind of been in my own head, um, but I think definitely when I was younger, um, even going through Zappos, when I when I decided to leave Zappos, and you know, the next day I started a new company, and it was I was aware of of these imagine probably imaginary, you know, outside perceptions, and so I was kind of working for that instead of instead of fully just being like this is you know what I want to do and how I want to do it. I was still doing that, but I was worried about like or thinking about like. What are people going to think? And people expect something big. And, and you know, should I be doing this? Because that's what's expected. Fortunately for me, um, I've never actually, I've never, you know, you'd like to have a, at times it's like, oh, it'd be great to have a big following or to have, you know, there's advantages that come with that. But for me, I've always kind of just preferred 
doing what I want. You know, even at that place, there was a point where it was like, which I'm kind of bored. It's near the end. What can I do? And it was like, why don't you go be the face? You know, remember Tony saying, why don't you go be the face and just, just go do conferences and stuff like that. And I was like, ah, hit the circuit. You know, I, yeah. And I'd actually just gotten married. And I was like, I don't, I don't really like flying. I don't really like traveling that much. Um, okay. I'll try it. You know, so I did a, I did a conference in, uh, in Vegas and it was easy. We're, we're in Vegas. So it's like, drive down to the strip and just tell the Zappo story with a put together a presentation. Well, that's easy. I could do that all day. Right. But then it's like, okay, yeah, well, it's fine. I'll do it. And so it's like, you know, start signing me up for conferences. I go out to New York. I'm, just, I don't, I'm not even checking. I'm, I'm not the most thorough person at times. I'm just like, well, let's wing it. Right. So I'm on some panel for search marketing and it's like, what am I doing on a search marketing panel? Um, like, and it's specifically focused on organic unpaid. And this is like, I don't know, early two thousands, like, I didn't really know anything about it, right? So I go out there with VP of marketing. It's like, okay, I'm going to sit on this panel with a bunch of experts, and I just kind of figured I'll wing it. And, you know, questions came to me that I didn't have answers to. And I actually felt like the audience was like, what? When I would try to answer these questions. Like, and I just felt like an idiot, right? I was like, I'm up here. This isn't like, why am I doing this? Like, first of all, she should be doing this instead of me because she's much more, uh, well versed in this, in this subject. And, this isn't helping Zappos, like, right? Me being up here and this isn't helping me. Like, what am I, why would I want to do this? So I came back. I'm like, I'm, I don't want to do that anymore. And I think from that point, it would kind of became like, um, I always had this, uh, I actually can't even remember the, the question that I started answering, but I've always had this thought of like, I just, I'm just in my own little world. You know, let's just be in my own little world and kind of do what I want to do. Um, and I was fortunate to be able to have some financial success. So I was able to say, okay, what do I want to do? Um, and do that. And, and what I've, what I realized over the years was it wasn't always, I wasn't always most interested in the biggest thing, right? Like I, I've had a very hard time, which someone pointed out to me and I hadn't really thought about it until then. It's like, I don't think you see any difference between a billion dollar idea or a hundred dollar idea, right? It's just that I, this just, the, you just seem to like the thrill of trying to create something. And I thought about it and I thought that's true. So why don't I just embrace that instead of, you know, I remember going into had some company I worked with, worked on along the way. Uh, I had a meeting with some footwear executive, and I can't even actually remember which company he was from. I don't remember how we got connected, but he's like, I want to hear about this new idea. And I said, okay, great. And uh, sat down to talk, and he's like, first of all, I know this is going to be big because I know you wouldn't be working on anything that wasn't going to be another billion-dollar idea. And I just remember thinking, fuck, oh, or, you know, shoot, whatever. I like that. What? Like, what does that have to do with anything? You know, I'm just excited about what I'm excited about. There's a bunch of opportunities, a bunch of things that are interesting. And so over the years, I realized when, once I kind of embraced that and, and took more of an approach of like, okay, this is the town I live in. What would be fun to open? I've always wanted to open a restaurant. Okay, you know what? We need a gym down here. How could I create a workout program? Like, hey, you know what? I want to open a store. What kind of store would I like to see here? Um, I really got into that instead of focusing necessarily on tech and something that had to scale exponentially. It was like, well, I could do fun stuff um, that's just as creative and kind of gets the juices flowing that will benefit this community. Um, how much of being an entrepreneur? You know, that seems fun. How much of being an entrepreneur, Nick, is loving or um, getting a charge from the game of being an entrepreneur? I mean, I think that's the whole that's the whole thing because you can't really fake that or recreate that, right? You you can you can you know, a lot of people, different things appeal to them about starting a company or jumping into something early. And I think if if the main thing that appeals to you is, one, m- money, or two, like notoriety, 
you're just kind of chasing this weird path where you don't have the, there's no, there's no like foundation <laughs> for either of those things to be built upon. Right. So you're kind of like, you know, I've, I've, I've worked on, on companies with people where it's easy to, so pivoting is interesting, right? It's, I think it's perfectly natural and okay to pivot and say, you know what, this didn't work how I thought it would work. Or, hey, there's some new data which has made this seem less appealing or something else seem more appealing and, and kind of move in that direction. But a lot of times it's like, you know, it just feels like you're talking to people. They're just like, well, well this isn't big enough. This isn't big enough. Let's go. What, what else could be big enough? And it's like, huh, I think like, um, you know, you're, you're doing it for some, something else and you're letting something else drive the, drive the direction, which is going to be really hard to navigate in the long run. Like if you're not, if you don't have a vision, which is guiding the, the, the direction, then if it's money, your direction is going to kind of move around to wherever you think money might be. And that's just, I don't understand for me, I'm not smart enough or, or whatever. I don't understand how you could constantly be guessing where that might happen. It's much easier when it's something where you just going to sleep and you're like, can't stop thinking about it. You wake up, you know, half the time I wake, I go to sleep thinking I've got the world's greatest idea. And I wake up either forgetting what that idea was, not even thinking about it again, or realizing that it just doesn't seem as appealing the next morning, or I've thought of the Maybe the time. The reason, yeah, you you understand, oh, well, this is why nobody's done it. But the best feeling is when you wake up and you're like, first thing you think of and you're like, yep, I'm still excited about that. Let's go, let's go see what happens. And I think I've always been able to, you know, compartmentalize that. I don't, it might just be that I just don't like, maybe I'm just very basic, you know? And so I go, oh, okay. And I just kind of see like, all right, what's, what would it look like? Like what it it always starts with, you know, it feels like it's a sense of, Authentic yeah. sense of self, meaning, you know, because when you're talking about your relationship to success and sort of how you've utilized that over time or gotten maybe comfortable in understanding that and then hearing people who just assume, oh, it's Nick, it's going to have to be a big idea, that billion dollar idea that there there's that wrestling with your sort of authentic self. Like, no, this is really who I am. You know, I, I have to lay down these tracks in my mind at night. And if they if they mean anything, they're going to stick. Right. And then I'm going to add layers yeah. to that. Right. That's am I hearing. Is that fair or foul sort of in my understanding of the way in which you're sort of thinking through this? Yeah, no, that's accurate. It, it takes us and it took a it took a while. I guess I don't know if it was a confidence or a security to to be OK with someone else, especially someone else who you, you know, respected what they did or, or you figured this person is smarter than I am or they they know a lot more about this industry. It took a while to get to the point of like. Okay, you know what? I could spend all day listening to other people's opinions on where we should go or what we should do or how we should do it. And a lot of those, a lot of times that would be great advice. But like for me and the way I work, I think I'd rather just, you know, I got to get it to a point that I understand like why and how vaguely we can do something and then bring people in who I can explain that vision to them and figure out like, do you like this vision? Right? Like, do you like this vision and can you add to it and help evolve it in ways that I can't versus, um, you know, coming in and saying, no, 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 you should, you should chase this or chase or chase that. Um, Let's talk about that concept of pivoting. I like that you brought, brought that up because I think for entrepreneurs, that is when you, when I think of entrepreneurs and, and pivoting, it's those discussions you have with yourself when no one else is awake or. The phone is off or you're, you know, you're in your office by yourself thinking about, is this a fork in the road or how do I approach this? And I'm always interested in entrepreneurs, you know, this concept of gut, 
right? I know you talk about being restless and, you know, this, this feeling of restlessness, and then you sort of, you pivot, right? Make big changes yeah. in that regard. So how do you understand that? And when you think about that, it, do you trust your gut? Are you someone that can go on instinct or you, and you've refined that skill over time, you've sort of sharpened that knife and, or how do you over time balance that with others? Like, how do you communicate that so that it is, you know, we're in a collaborative world now, right? We're in a global economy. Um, you know, unless it's the Nick show, I would imagine you have to collaborate with people at some level. And so yeah. how do you understand gut when you think about being restless and making a pivot? I think I'm probably more aware of, when I'm wrong than when I'm right, right? Like, like we don't, like, it's more, we look at it as a door is like, hey, through this door, there might be an opportunity to be right. And those are the doors we should be walking through. But if we already know that the door we hope to walk through and be right doesn't feel like, you know, it's good, then we should, then we should reevaluate. So I think my gut is more, I guess there's two parts of the gut, right? There's the, like, the exciting, like, you're, you got that, like, almost like your stomach hurts. Like, I, I, I see, I, I have an idea or I see an opportunity and I think it would be more, this feeling's not going away. It's going to be more painful to not pursue this than any potential pain that could come from, from pursuing it. Um, that's one. And then there's the, the more nagging realization of like either, Hey, this isn't what I thought it would be, or I'm not the right person to be able to pull off what I hope to pull off or, you know, this team, we're not going to be able to do it or, you know, and so, it's kind of balancing those. And I think the, uh, you know, the more costly one is ignoring the, 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 this might not work, right? Like it's ignoring that neither, you know, look, and it's really easy. There's a bunch of reasons and I've done it a bunch. In fact, in fact, the company I started after Zappos Stagger was this uh, customization company, right? And so I, I was like really passionate about, you know, if we could take what started with Zappos, I've got all this excess inventory and that was kind of where the initial thought came from. It's like, could we add some kind of customization to it? And, it morphed into could we take licensed products and and, um, and combine that with licensed uh, you know artwork and, and kind of come up with something new and and then I got to a point where I realized I was really focused on kind of that like front end kind of graphic possibilities and, and giving people people these creative tools to kind of come up with their own creations but really this was going to be a manufacturing the company was going to succeed based on you know, the manufacturing process and the, the directed garment machines at the time were super temperamental. And it's not like it wasn't something that would work. A lot of people could have made it work or would make it work. I just realized I'm not really passionate about like that, if that's what this company really would be. And the team I've assembled is probably not that passionate about that and probably not the right people. So I would have to now go out and I would almost be, be building a company that I wasn't really that passionate about it. I didn't really want to do right just to keep it going so I did I made an even worse decision like I said okay well then let's just kind of tweak what we have to what we have but like it wasn't a fresh start of like oh here's a better direction it was kind of like well we're already working with these you know brands and artists and musicians why don't we kind of like pivot into like uh like pre-printed you know we'll design everything and sell it to you and it's like which was, which kind of like, okay, cool. You know, creatively, that's still fun for us. And, and, but it's one more another, layer. It's another layer. And it's like not the original idea. And, and there's, okay, there's already a billion people offering, you know, cool brands and, and pre-printed stuff. So how do you differentiate yourself? And it was kind of like, well, we already have all these things. So we might as well find a way to use them. And then that eventually morphed into like, 
creating a graphic for an MMA, a UFC fighter. And then that morphed into like sponsoring UFC fighters. So I got this brand that now is like, has found actually some traction in this, this niche on like, you know, sponsoring UFC fighters who will wear shirts with our logo out into the octagon. But if you do a Google search for the brand Stagger at the time, the first thing that comes up is, you know, create custom Madonna t-shirts. And it's like, so now it's like, <laughs> Oh my God, now, now I've got this brand that I'm actually excited about this opportunity now. You know, it was, you know, late 2000s, like fast growing space, this new emerging sport. There was a, an audience that was passionate about like, how do I, you know, I want product and, and, so, and we could provide that. We're, we're sponsoring good fighters, but we, because, you know, I wasn't able to make like the decision to like stop or start, you know, go or no go. It was like, I just kept changing things. Now I'm in a position where I'm kind of limited because I've got this, you know, conflict of, I, I had spent X amount of time doing one thing under this brand. So then I finally, and I, I thought, why, why am I not stopping this? Right. And that was probably the, the, the most confused or kind of down in the dumps I was is because I knew that I was doing the wrong thing, but I was like one, you know, ego was like, I don't want to, I don't, I feel like stopping it even to start something else at that time I thought would be like seen as failure. Right. And then I thought people, you know, this is the first thing coming out of Zappos. People expect something. And then I, I felt like, uh, you know, I've, I've committed to people to work on this. Um, on that project, I actually had taken a couple of Zappos investors, uh, had invested in it, even, even those small amounts. It was mostly my own money. So it was like, I, I was like, okay, I'm able to stomach the pain of losing my own money, but like, I, I don't want to tell them that, you know, that I've, I've lost their money. And so it was just like this weird thing. And eventually I'm looking in the mirror every day wearing one of these shirts and I realized, take the shirt off, you know? Put a blank T-shirt on because you're so confused. You're looking in the mirror and every day staring back at you is the logo of something which you're not happy with the direction it's going <laughs> and just stop, you know, like stop and just start again. So I stopped and I just felt, you know, there's always things in hindsight where you're like, nobody cared. You know, nobody was watching. Nobody cared. Nobody was like judging. It was like your perception of how you were being judged when it might not even be in reality. Is this what people have to just go through? I mean, is this a lesson that young entrepreneurs can somehow, I don't know, avoid? Because it, I mean, I can, I can see it in your face. I can hear it in your voice. Just that it's almost like an out of body experience that you're sitting there looking in the mirror going, do I need to, it's almost like you're making a a decision to divorce an idea, right? (laughs) Like you're looking at this logo saying, I don't love you anymore. (laughs) It's like you, you become a, you start to identify with the project or the company is almost like you're, part of your identity. And so it's very hard to separate from that. And sometimes you're like, when it's going great, right? You see people that have this like increased sense of confidence where it's, they can't, you know, but then by being associated with something, but then when it's going bad, you see them going down. And I think the lesson over time is like, you just kind of see it for what it is. It's just an idea you had the opportunity to work on. You know, your obligation is to your team. And if you decide to take investors and, but you just have to be, you know, transparent and upfront and and you've basically committed to do your best. If you don't think your best is, is your best is no longer good enough or the opportunity is not what it was, you just convey that and explain, here's why I think this, here's what we're going to do about it. Headroom is produced by Old Soul, a one-stop marketing agency that understands the power of brand and nuance. Reach out to my guy, Matt at Old Soul and supercharge your brand and content strategy. That's Old Soul. Shoot Matt a note at aoldsoul.com. That's a O-L-D-S-O-U-L dot com. And now back to our guest. 
Have you ever given thought maybe over a glass of wine or just, you know, it's almost like a campfire kind of moment when you're sitting there thinking, why do we as a society care so much about what your next is? And I'm saying you, meaning anybody that's had some level of success in selling a company, you know, building something from scratch, because it feels like within that space and time, you've got sort of the original idea that becomes, right, that sort of makes the brand that we, we put this undue pressure on people to create you know, their second act has to be even that much bigger and that much bolder. And I feel like it's very dangerous for those that, that are sort of reaping the rewards of innovators like yourselves that we're forcing you to be thinking more often than not, gosh, it's got to be, maybe it's got to be bigger and better. Or, you know, how do I stay on this track that I've been on? It feels like we're wasting time and we're, we're, in, we're negatively impacting creative innovators because, they're getting I've heard this over and over again. It's like, yeah, but I was successful here, but if I fail this next time, it's all for naught. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I guess it's like um, you know, what was it like uh musicians always said they're remembered for their la- you know, their last album, not the right. not the not the best album. And so I think I think it's just perspective. I think it's sort of perspective. I think so for me, being able to understand of like, wow, I, I screwed this up. I know I didn't like I started a company, I didn't create any value for anyone. I I kind of zigzagged all over the place and ended up like I should have done all these things differently. And then it was like this feeling of like, and it affected like your attitude and your like enthusiasm just on a day-to-day basis. And then when you, you finally, it got to be enough, right? Where it was like, stop. And then nothing, nothing changed. Like it's okay. You know? And so then it's <laughs> the that sun, point. The, was, sun, the sun still rose the next day. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I'd be lying if I said like, uh, oh, so from there it was easy to make perfect decisions. There's still things where it's like you let it drag on farther than you thought, you know, longer than you should have, or you delay making a decision or you kind of know, but at least I kind of, for me, the lessons were, okay, one, wh- where did this pressure come from? You know, one was this uh, this competition, this imaginary comp- external competition that I was having with who? Like, I, no one, right? So forget about that. And then two, you know, I think it's easy to uh, make sure you take care of, of your team, your employee. That's just, a, you, you know, no matter what the situation is, you can make the right decision for them, whether it's, you know, being more transparent uh, making sure that financially you're saying, okay, even if I, if, you know, if this happens, we're still going to, still going to make sure you're okay financially. Like, okay. So I have control of that. And then investors, it's like, what, why did I need investors for? You know, was it, was it some kind of like, and you really came down to, I guess it was a form of external validation or it was like a marketing tool, right? So it's like, okay, you know, why did I take those investors? And on, on that project, it was, I had money. I, I was doing it myself and it was more a couple of people that said, Hey, are you raising any money? I'd like to participate. You know, we've done great with Zappos. Let's do this, right? One, well, actually, that was that was two of them. And then um, and then Tony from Zappos, I think, was more just him trying to be supportive and saying, hey, you know what? I'll invest like that. Because actually, the initial discussions have been like, hey, I'm just kind of bored and restless. Like, could I, why don't I start another division inside the company or something that I could feel like a startup? And, you know, mostly from talking to Alfred, it was, who was the uh, CFO or CEO at the time. It was more like, yeah, but like, that'd be okay. But like, we, we have so many things to focus on. This feels a little bit like the company doing something because you're a little restless. That's not necessarily, it's just going to distract other people. Right. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to go do this on my own. And then, um, right. But I had those three people that was, that I took money from. And part of it was like, it felt good to have someone say, Hey, I want to put money in because you know, it worked out great when I gave you money for Zappos. It's like, all right, cool. Yeah. Uh, but then you didn't realize at the time, okay, well with that, that person is indirect or directly saying, do the same thing again, please. Right. And <laughs> right. then, so I realized, like, okay, so so it was not one to let them down. The amount of money that I that they put in didn't change anything I could do. Um, and there's, all, I think, to me, it took a long time to 
to to get this like sense of this like peace and calm internally that like um, I think I, I think I have a point of view. I think that just because I think I have a good idea is no guarantee that anyone else will, but I think it's okay. You just try it right before it was like, well, I, you know, I want validation. I want validation. I see that it'll happen a lot where it's like, you know, companies where, you know, that I've, you know, have friends with or work on where it's like, and even that some, sometimes fall into it where like internally, you know what you should do, but for some reason you, you want some external validation from someone on the outside. And then you're like, yep, we should do that. Or you think, you know, it's like somehow, sometimes the external uh, gets weighted more heavily than the internal. And so when you can finally get to the point of like, okay, you know, like, so for me, it was like, okay, I got to the point of like, so size doesn't matter. What I'm passionate about matters and failing doesn't matter. Right. It's okay. I mean, what's, you know, like, and, and it, it like, it's still hard to see here and read stories about people who took business or professional, I even call them failures, right. Things that didn't work out as planned so hard and let it affect their personal life. Cause you just, you just think, oh man, with the perspective of time, you would have understood like how silly that really is, you know? Um, so yeah, I think I, I don't even know. Again, I've keep, I'm always rambling, so I forgot what I was answering. <laughs> no, but. no, no. I think I think people will definitely pick up on just what that experience was like. Do you remember when? I mean, take when does the air become thinner in the room when you realize, man, did I need to take that money? Or not that it was said by these people that were friends of yours, right, and colleagues, and obviously big yeah. time supporters, just in many different forms and fa- and, and fashions. But at what point? Does it change in your mind? It's sort of, you know, that you realize, oh, my goodness, what, this is much more than the, the ones and zeros and, and commas that are associated with the relationship here, you know, that external. Uh, yeah, I think as it as it happens, I wasn't setting out to raise money I, I mean, I wasn't like didn't really know what I would do with it. You know, it was just kind of like, it was just kind of a thing that I didn't really probably overthink at the time. And you just kind of realized it's another, you know, the less distractions you can have, you know, it's almost like uh, I was talking to someone about, um, we we're talking about should, should a, a young entrepreneur keep their job and work on their startup on the side or go all in. And it's like, you know what? I think the less distractions you can have, the better. And I actually think trying to figure out how to pay rent is going to be more of a distraction than not being able to use the hours of like, you know, nine to five. So, so you should, you know, like if, if you're, you're trying to stay focused on a clear vision, but you don't know how you're going to pay rent, it's going to be really hard to do that. And so for me, it was more like, you know, taking money from an investor when I don't know exactly what I would do with it. Right. Like, it's like, would I do anything differently if I took this money or didn't take this money? No, not at the moment. Well, then it's probably better to maintain full flexibility. Um, and, you know, I feel like then you, you, you have the, it's much easier to like, change your mind. Even if it's not pivoting, just change your mind on something or decide, you know what? This isn't a billion dollar idea. This isn't a hundred million dollar idea. This is just a, this is just a fun project. And that's okay. I haven't, you know, like there's no, you know, the, a lot of times the, uh, the team will be, you know, depending on how they're incentivized is great. That's, that's actually great for us. That feels attainable. And yep, I can see the steps better. And so for for me, I've, I've just, uh, I think, you know, a lot of times it's like, especially today, it's like, there's a, almost like fundraising is an accomplishment. So you're like, you know, you're like, I want to start a company. I want to raise money. And then you kind of like, you want to raise the money to um, almost to let everyone know that you raised the money. Like, so then you'll get some external validation of like, oh, you raised some money, but it's like, what is it? You know, like you don't get to keep the money. You know, you, you use the, <laughs> you use yeah, the, the money. Pur- the purpose is secondary almost. Yeah. Let, let's, let's pivot using our word earlier. Let's pivot to moons of Mars. So mm-hmm. let's talk about how you, arrived at this being your next next yeah so i had probably started in 2013 
2013, I was I was working on a um, I don't even remember what the project was, but it was some tech a tech project I was working on. I think a project called Thread Life, right? And it was, and I kind of realized like, all right, I, there's a lot of interesting ideas, but I don't have the ability to like I'm not a developer, I'm not an engineer, and I and I don't and I can I can see an opportunity, but I don't really have the ability to take the, the steps to get there by myself. And evaluating the talent and stuff we need is, is a little tricky. Um, and so a lot of times in, that, in those instances, it's easier to get warped of like, why are we doing this? Oh, because it's going to be big or there's a big opportunity versus because we have a clear vision of exactly what to do and how to get there. And I had started, um, I had befriended uh, a bunch of UFC fighters and I'd gone down and done their cardio workout. I'm not going to do the fighting workouts, but I was like, I'll try the cardio workout. I liked it, right? So in my garage, I'd started kind of mimicking their their cardio workout and I'm doing it a little bit and so I ended up setting up a little gym in the warehouse and and some fr- inviting some friends and I said hey let's do this workout and anyways it evolved into kind of a group and so I ended up opening a gym and I was talking to someone who was advising on the tech project and like you know when we talk about this you you've kind of like almost you don't come it was I think we were meeting once a week you don't really come prepared with it's like you haven't thought about it you get you're excited about it in the moment but then it's like when our conversation's over, I feel like the next time we talk, we're leaving off where that conversation was. You haven't thought, you know, when you talk about the, um, when you talk about your gym, which was called Basecamp, your eyes light up and you get all excited and you're, you're talking a mile a minute. And I was like, yeah. And then, and then I, it was kind of further validation of like, well, I guess, yeah, what am I doing? You know, that's what I mean. That's what excites me. So, but I don't, that's not, you know, I was still kind of in that, like, but, but how big could that be? And is it worth working on? And so then I just kind of decided, and then I opened the gym and I saw this kind of in-person and the experience of like watching everyone work out tired and sweating and the music's going. And I'm like, this is great. Right. So there I kind of went into, well, why don't I just worry about this? You know, I lived in Burlington at the time. Let me just see what I can, what I can open. Let me try to create these small experiences where I can kind of like create the whole thing and hire people to help do it. But I, there's no big part where we're like, oh, that'll take you know, a long time and we need all these things and it's hard for me to gauge if it's getting done. So I started opening restaurants and stores and, and I really liked it. Um, but I felt like I had this hodgepodge of things and I've still dabble in like uh, different tech things. And then in the pandemic, I got into, um, I got into like back into collecting baseball cards and stuff. Right. And so I was like, I'm back into baseball cards and I was really enjoying that. And, and I still thought I was ah, collecting baseball cards. Then I'd start thinking, how much have I spent on sports cards. And, and then I'd, I'd look at like, and how much have I sold? And I'm like, well, this is almost like, this is funny. Like I'm doing this kind of just by myself goofing off, but like, this is almost like company size, company size, you know? So then, <laughs> and I, I just, I didn't like dealing with the, with the, with all the, the physical part of it, of like all these eBay packages arriving and sending them off to get graded and all this stuff. And so then I, I discovered NBA Top Shot, which was a uh, digital trading cards. And I was like, huh, okay, this makes sense. And I, I wasn't like a super, um, you know, I wasn't into crypto and I, I, you know, I knew what Bitcoin was, but I was just kind of like, I just, I'm so, you know, passionate thinking about other things. I didn't have time to kind of go, go, go research it, research or look into it. And the same reason I never really invested in, in tech startups was like, I had, well, I don't want to do my own. I like creating things and doing things. And two, I don't have enough. I clearly don't have enough passion because I'm not spending any time becoming knowledgeable on any vertical or cre- trying to gain any advantage, which would, which would help me make good decisions. Um, so I discovered NBA Top Shot and I was like, wow, you know, they made it easy. Put your credit card in. You understood that like something was happening. There was this transaction happening where it was converting your dollars into something and like, but they made it pretty, pretty seamless for people like me. And I thought, wow, okay. So there's no, I don't have to worry about the condition. I don't have to worry about shipping. I buy this thing. It's in my account. That's pretty cool. Right. And so then I, and I think along with the rest of the world or a lot of people that I knew went into this like, 
what is this? Then you discovered NFTs and you kind of start going down this hole and you're like, wow, wait a minute. So this is like, it is tech in a way, but it's really just creative. It's like, you know, there's an, it, it's, it's, there's an advantage and a reward to kind of expressing what you have inside, right? Like I thought I, I would say like web two was, Hey, look at me from the outside and web three. And, and that those people had the advantage, right? Like, check me out, check me out. Like, like it creates a lot of posturing and, and these uh, false perceptions and ideas that it's hard for people to live up to. And this comparative thing And web three is more like, Hey, here's what I'm thinking, or here's what I'm seeing inside that I will try to represent. And then it allows other people that are thinking or seeing the same things to kind of get to it. And I thought, okay, so that's interesting. And then I started looking back on, well, I actually started looking through some of the random projects I'd been working on, right? Like I created this uh, fictional band and I'd made, you know, a bunch of designs of concert shirts and just for the, purely for fun. So I had them sitting in a warehouse. I had been working with um, uh, a friend from Zappos on like, you know, we're in the pandemic. What's, what's, let's make like the perfect loungewear. Like, you know, what's, what's really good quality, like loungewear we could make. And so, you know, we've been making that and I didn't really have a, a, a huge plan for it. I'm just working on all these different things. And then I, I, I started thinking about, um, well, actually right up to the pandemic, I, I had taken my idea of like, you know, could I create concepts, test them in Burlingame, and then maybe I can go, maybe I could franchise them, right? Maybe I could, maybe the franchising opportunity, Basecamp, I had actually gotten up to five locations. I had just sold it to um, SE Brands, which is the owner of Anytime Fitness. They were going to franchise it. I became really intrigued with that whole idea. And so I created a boxing workout. I had a, a chicken sandwich restaurant. I had a nachos restaurant. And I was like, I'm going to build a company that, that takes these, these ideas and, and puts them all over. And I realized, wait, I think, you know, well, like the boxing gym, for example, we opened the second location. Or we built the second location. It was going to open March 15th, 2020. Well, the world shut down on March 11th. So basically built a location and closed it. So all these things happened where it was like I was all in on, on just you know, kind of coming up with ideas, you know, visually driven ideas and finding a small community. Um, and so when I discovered NFTs, I thought, okay, so not only is it like a great opportunity to, uh, you know, kind of build IP around what you've got on the inside. Um, it's also, you know, a really easy way to find people that are interested in similar things. Um, the tech is, there's tech involved, but it's not so it's too complicated for someone like me to understand, right? Like there's like, okay, this is how, this is how it works. And it's really places a lot of the value on the IP and the community over, you know, the development skills. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe there's something there. How does it all tie together? You know? And so then I, I started thinking back to the things I was working on and, and, and like, well, what you need is you're never going to be the guy that has one very focused clear idea that you want to just go like this. You want to embrace the the ability to have a bunch of different ideas and constantly, you know, pursuing things, but but they've always felt disconnected. And suddenly I thought, well, if I could, if I could create a platform, right? If I could create a platform that I could attract an audience, a community of people who were interested in that same vibe or or ideal, right? Of like because I think what's interesting, the other interesting thing about it, sorry, I'm all over the place, is like, let's say I was going to create a, uh, actually, the the gym, I decided, oh, I should, uh, I'm just going to do this myself. So I was in, you know, I made up the workouts, so I was in the garage doing it, and I was like, this is kind of boring. Why don't I, why don't I get, um, I need that motivation of being in the, of being in the gym and having people around me pushing me. So I'll just, let's just, we created a audio version where we just recorded ourselves as teammates and 
you kind of redid each of the workouts. So you put your headphones on. It's almost that same commitment as, you know, I just say, hey, if you put your foot in the gym, you're probably going to do the workout. The hardest part is getting to the gym. So it was like, well, let's just recreate that where it's put the headphones on. Your teammates will be in your ears telling you, let's go. You're going to do this. It's that same feeling. So I thought to myself, well, okay, what would I do with that, right? Like, let's say I'm not going to franchise locations. Let's say I'm going to take this streaming workout and I was going to turn it into a business. I have to now go and, you know, find people who are interested, you know, I'm going to do ads to try to find people who are interested in this workout. I'm going to be compared to bigger companies that are going to, you know, put the pricing as low as they can just to bring in the masses, right? So all of a sudden, like, the economics are are not going to work of what I have to spend to find a customer versus what I'm going to be able to to charge them. And I was like, wow, but with Web3, it's like, it's hard to explain. It's like, you Almost like the the NFT becomes or the token becomes it goes and finds its audience. You know, it's like the audience it, it it will find its way to the right person. Someone might buy it because they think they want to speculate on price. Someone might buy it because they think it's visually interesting. But eventually, it can keep finding its way. And it kind of showed with board apes, for example. Like you look at it and go, wow. I mean, obviously that's the that's not common, right? This is like the runaway success. But you go, wait a minute. There's five thousand holders. There's there's only five thousand people. Let's say there's 10,000 of these apes or even let's, you know, add in the mutants and the, and the dogs and everything. But it's, it's still a small number where if you were starting a, a traditional company, you'd be like, how many users do we need? And, you know, you'd be millions, hundreds of thousands. I don't know. And you say realize. 5,000. Yeah. You, you say that and you'd be, <laughs> people would be like, that's too small. So then you realize, but wait, why? Well, it's because they're creating the community feels so valuable that, you know, and, and there's a, there's a business that, that works for smaller communities and is still exciting. And then you could find ways to onboard, onboard more people. So I just thought, okay, like what, like, let's take the most basic idea. What if, um, okay, well, let's create art, right? Let's create, let's create art. Let's create a, we need to create a planet because where we're going with all these different ideas and concepts is we need a town. You know, we don't have, we're not going to have one town that we live in and we're going to ask people and going to reach out to people who are there. The town's going to be the whole world. So, we need to build a platform which will be big enough where we can kind of set the tone. And from there, we can we can launch things. And the other great thing about Web3 is we can do it together, right? We can we can create systems where everyone uh, is kind of rowing in the same direction, right? The community, um, you know, can help make decisions and kind of feel a real, like, equity and ownership in the brand. And so it's like, okay, all you know, if you can create a planet as a platform, then anything that would make sense on Earth, right, would make sense on that planet. So you can, you know, feel comfortable going in a direction knowing, hey, whatever ideas come up or opportunities arise, we, at least we've laid a foundation that can support that. So that became that became exciting. And it's like, look, if you can combine art with storytelling, with, you know, gameplay, and then on top of that, you know, together with the community launch launch brands that have value in this, you know, metaverse but also in real life you know we we, don't overthink it like we're people on earth doing you know doing stuff online we're not gonna we don't have to choose between real life or online like there's ways to as long as you keep it simple like don't over don't try to uh you know with the skill set you have you you don't want to go and try to recreate like a, a 3d world where you feel like you're in it you know just take like the mechanics that are out there that make sense and just be, just be, uh, but make sure you're true to it, right? So make sure that you're making the decisions based on, um, based on, you know, really building a community and really, you know, adding value for everyone 
being able to be creative. And then you'll be able to find that audience. You'll be able to find a community that's like, that's uh that shares those same values or thinks the same things exciting. And then again, but again, it's still tricky because it's still, even within, it's still social media driven and still you see these big numbers flying around. So it's still, you have to remind yourself every once in a while, like, hey, it's easy to say, is there a shortcut by um, getting people that are, you know, attracting these people or wait, how will we stack up? And like, is this just going to be a small project or a big project? And so it's, it's actually fun. And I'm, I feel like that's why I really feel like this is what everything led up to was it's creativity. It's art driven. It's creating brands. It's getting communities it's together. It's your universe. I mean, if you think about it, yeah. you were building, you, you had restaurants, you're putting together gyms, like you're doing like in real time in, in the physical space that we occupy. And now you have yeah. this, you have this ecosystem that is that has no limits. There, there's no ceiling yep. to it at all. Where are we at right now with um, Moons of Mars? Just how many people are involved? Like, is it are we public now? Is it? Yeah. So we've we got a small team. Um, I mean, sorry, there are four or five plus. We have a, a, a dev shop, uh, Southworks, that we've been working with uh, for a long time. Um, so we've got the the technical capabilities. The muscle. That trying to yeah, we'll use the experts for that. Um, but no, we've, we've been, um, heads down for, I mean, a lot of the projects had been, it started a lot before, but kind of since it all, since this vision kind of took shape, we're about six months. And so we're, we're getting ready to do our mint on December 10th of the initial, the initial chapter, right? So it's basically create this, the project's called Moons of Mars. Um, and basically where there's going to be a, a planet, Hellebore. Uh, which is going to be the undiscovered third moon of Mars. But that's going to start with chapter one is a concert, right? So we have this idea for this fictional band, the Fated, uh, Fated with a T. Um, and so you'll, the, you'll buy a ticket to the show, right? So you'll buy a ticket to the show. That ticket will eventually reveal your character, which is your identity um, on this new planet. And then from there, every chapter, there'll be, you know, new characters, um, new uh, collectibles that kind of continue to tell the story. And also we'll launch brands, uh, during each chapter. And we have, uh, sorry, a lot of stuff. We also have a game. So we've been developing this game because one of the thoughts was like, well, how do you, you don't want to put a project out there and say, Hey, this is this awesome, fun thing. And like, we're going to be a community and then just here's the art and then here's some more art. Right. So it started off with all these things that were kind of running <laughs> independently of like, what if we can make a simple game? And it's like, okay, well, how could, how would the game work? And hey, the game would help us. You know, what if we took the community and organized them into tribes, and then the tribes competed with each other in a simple game? You know, we don't need to immerse ourselves in like a first-person, like roaming the world game. Let's just use, <laughs> you know, what if we what if we made predictions about events on Earth, and we used that as like something we could rally around and 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 compete with, and then. You know, based on the results of that, you know, we we can figure out like how the how the tribes are rewarded and, and how they stack up against each other. Um, so we, we're trying to really do three things or four things. One is create a platform where the end, the possibilities are endless. Two is you know once we seed the population with this initial rowdy rock crowd from a from a a, a concert from you know December thirty first, nineteen ninety nine. Um, then we have them organize in the tribes. We let the community figure out what that means, right? Like, hey, you, you'll be able to tell what tribe you're in or what tribe your your NFT is in. And then they'll hopefully they'll organize around that, have the tribes compete, um, provide so that's some you know, gameplay, and you know continue to add to the gameplay, but keep it light, keep it where the the game doesn't feel like a job, the game doesn't feel like you have to invest a whole bunch of time. It's just a way to stay engaged and to kind of form form tribes. 
add a collectible component, right? So something where you're you're collecting either just for the sake of collecting or with some game theory of like, well, what happens if I collect these five? Should I then keep them? Should I trade them in for this? Should I let them convert to that? And then, and then launch brands, launch brands that are fun, that make sense. Um, obviously we've got ideas. We've already got the first few, uh, first few knocked out, tie them into the story. So this, you know, the story continues to develop through the collectibles. The collectibles will to begin will almost be like a concert poster art that continues to tell the story. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's, I think it's interesting and just have a model of like, hey, we're going to have a chapter. A chapter will introduce a species or some sort of character, involve gaming, launch a couple of brands, have the community own the brands. So we're, you know, set those up as DAOs so the community actually has a, has a voice and has a say. Um, and then I think, you know, and, and kind of say, and then let's see what happens in the next chapter, but we'll just kind of commit to that same process. We'll add stuff to it. Something's not working. We'll, we'll take it out, but there should be no, and it's Pounds. like a new, a new population, you know. So that's the, that's the idea. And, and we just got to find those, um, you know, the first minute's going to be 8,000 NFTs. So not huge. Uh, they're going to be 0.05 ETH. So we're not expensive because I, I also, I want to, I, I want it to be, I don't want price to be a barrier. I want people to be excited. I don't, and I, and I really want to embrace that idea of like, like this could be your entry point. Or this could be, you know, you could have already had a, had a, can be involved in a bunch of other projects, but like there's that, uh, there's that energy, right? We put a tweet out the other day, like, hey, listen, what was through the, through the band's account, the Faded Stake account was like, if you, if, if you go, you walk down the street, you're out at a, some, you know, event week or whatever, and you see a long line with a, with a bouncer evaluating you and people clamoring to get into this club. And then you see a dive bar with no line. We're looking for the people who they don't even have to think for two seconds. Well, I'm going to go into the dive bar, right? Because we're going to yeah. go in the dive bar. We're going to have fun. We don't. It doesn't matter. Um, actually, it's actually one of the things I really enjoy is like, and the whole anon versus doxing yourself part is is hard because for me, I love it. Like, I don't like talking about Zappos. I don't. I, to me, it's like, who wants to talk about something they did 15, 20 years ago all the time? You know, like it's tomorrow's exciting. Yesterday already happened, and so I really like and I'm. I'm really trying to embrace the, the web three part of like, and I think it's what should be exciting for everyone is like, what you did doesn't matter. You know, like it, what you, anyone can do this. It's, do you have an idea inside of you? You know, people literally, this guy yesterday had a successful project and it just looked like he took a Sharpie and drew something. He, but he'd spent time, you know, uh, with his comedy or and sarcasm building up a following on Twitter and just like put out a project that was like, Hey, this is a representation of that. And so it's like, some people you can, you know, and it's up to you. You know, you can make a bunch of promises like here's what's going to happen in roadmap. There's other projects that say we have no idea what's going to happen. The space is moving so fast. I mean, we're all, we're all is, co-authors in that regard. Yeah. Let, let's Ford talk. Is let's, six months old. It's crazy. It's like it feels like big, it's ten years. <laughs> let's talk big picture, Nick. In the time that we have left, um, you've mentioned Web 3.0, and for many outside of uh, those that I think are, are technically proficient, you know, it is. It is the ether like, you know, I don't think the everyday or average Joe or, you know, soccer mom or whatever label we want to give people will understand what a, a Web 3.0 might mean to them in their lives. Yeah. If we take that and we think about moons of Mars and, I, and I'm going to be curt about this, but it's because I because I, I, I want to get to the, the rawness of of mm-hmm. of you in this manner, given your history and, and what you have experienced and learned and that sort of a thing. But. Why do you give a shit? 
I, I just, I mean, it's fun. You know, it's fun, and it's like, uh, why yeah, not? but it wakes you up. It wakes you up. Like, it, yeah. I get the sense. It's, it's the kind of thing where it's freedom for you. It's the ne- It's taking you out of the physical and into the digital, which is freeing. It's it, yeah. it's like an artist that has unending supplies of paint. And it's it's just so simple. You know, it's like, hey, this is defined. Everyone can see it. Everyone can see what's happening. It's very easy to understand, like, who owns what or who's doing what or how to do something. And I think that, like, if you look at um, – like, if I look at – uh, base campus example, right? So I, I moved from Burlingame. I have, I, but I look, I look on, I follow on Instagram and I watch the gym and I, and it's, you see this group of people that are so passionate about their daily workouts. Some of which I recognize from when I was still there doing it. And some of which I don't recognize. You think, wow, like that's, it's not about, it doesn't, I don't really matter. You know, like, it's like, I, I was a time when I was the only person doing that workout. And then I was a time when I was one of 10 people, a hundred people, a thousand people. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's like the brand lives on. And I think what's interesting, even a long time ago, I had um, I had started a company called Ranked. And my thought at the time was, and it's not really a started company. It was more like a project that I started working on and then decided uh, that I wasn't going to work on. But it was basically, you know, uh, a friend had said, you know, I said, hey, well, I don't wear Nike because uh, because Zappos, they won't sell the Zappos. I only wear Adidas, but now, or Vans, but now Nike's going to sell the Zappos. I'm going to start wearing it. And they were like, I could think Nike could care less. And it was just that simple comment. I always laughed, you know, like, who cares? Nike does not care what you wear. And I was like, but shouldn't they? Like, shouldn't they care, like, if I wear it or not? And shouldn't also the fact that I might have 50 pairs of Nikes in my closet, shouldn't they shouldn't they know that, right, versus someone who had none? And so I thought, so I was just start a company, and my, I thought was, like, what's already happened, it would take too long to figure out this loyalty going forward. Let's just have everyone upload everything that was in, that's in their closet. And then let's let brands figure out, oh, wow, these people have been big supporters of mine. And it's almost like you go to Starbucks and you don't sign up for the rewards program because you're like, well, I've already been here every day for the last two years. I want those points, not the <laughs> points in the future. So I look at Web3 and I think, well, this this is a chance for people to find something that they're as equally as passionate about as the founders or the executives or anyone and say, hey, I want to. I want to, I want a piece of this. I want to stake my claim and I want to show my allegiance and I want to be rewarded for that. And I'm going to grab that token or that NFT. And, and it's just a, a really easy and clean and like fun way to, for a community to be aligned of like, we are literally all in this together. We'll share the value. We'll create value together. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll make decisions together. Obviously that varies on from project to project, but like, it just feels like there's no friction. It's like, you know, the, the, what I keep saying to the team is like, so our friction is, yeah, why would anyone care in the beginning? You know, we're one of a million projects. Like, there's no reason anyone would care. It's going to be hard to get people to haven't, you know, spent the years building up a huge social following where they're clamoring for like, hey, what's next? But like, isn't that awesome? Like, we're literally starting from, not like, we're starting from zero. Everyone that signs up, or buys an NFT or joins our Discord, will be doing it because they're interested in the project, not because they're expecting anything based on the past or the future. And then, you know, from there, if they if they're if they're still interested in the project, they'll hold the NFT. Or maybe they'll decide, you know what, I really love this project, but this thing's increased in value. I think I'm gonna sell it now. But if they if they don't, you know, in a traditional, I guess in the physical world, someone says, I don't like this workout anymore. I don't like this food anymore. 
they leave, but you don't even know they've left until you eventually realize they didn't come back. It's just so, you know, now it's like, who, this NFT, oh, look, it's sold. It's sold to this person. Maybe that person, it wasn't what they thought it was, or they were too busy, or they just didn't like it, or they found something better. But there's a really simple way for them to now onboard their replacement, and that person can then come and see how they experience it. And so I think that's like, a, you know, fascinating to watch, and it's fascinating to watch even on Twitter and social media, like people rally around these projects or or literally have something in common that's like, I have something in common with you, and let's, like, communicate around that, which which is much harder uh you know, you, especially if you're, I'm not the most extroverted. I mean, I ramble forever on a, on a phone call, but like, I'm like the, probably the worst chit chatter slash networker in the world. Like, I hate, <laughs> I hate that. My small talk. Is, no, no is glass terrible. of Chardonnay. <laughs> no, because my brain's spinning like this. I'm thinking of these ideas. Like, I just get lost in, in these things. And so this is like, um, you want to start really, a whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. It's a really fun, cool way to know, like, who's in this community and like, you know, and kind of share that with them and still have our, because there's still a business, right? There's still a, there's still a business model that makes sense, but the business model only makes sense if you genuinely include, include the community in that model. So it's also very easy to see. And also like this, this thing to keep you in check of like, Hey, if you're just foolish, if you're full of it, you be and you're just, shit. <laughs> you know, you're, yeah, you're full of shit and you're just paying lip service to this idea of we're going to build a community. Everyone can see that that, the community didn't embrace that. It's just a facade. That. Yeah. So there's no, you know, you can't get on, um, you can't get on Instagram and, and try to explain this is what's happening when people can clearly say, no, it's not. That's not what's happening. Your, your all, community it, is not. All ships thriving. rise with the tide, right? I mean, it's that. Yeah. Let me, so I was going to ask you, but you, you answered it. I was going to ask you, well, basically, you know, if that's why you give a shit, like, why should we? But I, I really, I, I feel like you, you, you touched on that in a number of different, ways i i'm going to share with you my impression and as we close and then i I want you to kind of say rod you're full of it kind of a thing right um if you if you say this sucks and you hang up i'm gonna gonna be (laughs) speechless that's right um but i think it's important when it comes to being an entrepreneur because what i love about what you're talking about and you're educating me and i hope the audience just in in this really this new you are I, i interpret you as an explorer right so whether that resonates or not but this this willingness to explore the unknown, to peek around the corner and see sort of what emerges. And I think that's incredible. Um, I think we need more of that, not less, especially when I think about young kids and are we supporting that kind of an idea. But from an entrepreneur perspective, being an entrepreneur, from from most accounts, can be a very lonely, isolating experience. And as you grow and gain success or achieve success, it can be even that much more isolating because you almost embattle or you, you battle yourself and the, what you think you're reflecting to the masses, right? That, that pressure of I got to have a billion dollar idea. And my sense is that while you were building restaurants in real time and in real life and gyms and these sorts of things, you were doing your darndest, which makes so much sense in building this community of things that allowed you to interact and, and develop relationships and sort of keep your life progressing in that regard. But this is like, this is 3.0. I mean, this is, you don't have to be Nick who founded Zappos, right? You are a part of the, you're just a part of the human race. You're, you're a creative yeah. guy who wants to see where, where the light can take you and others 
without barriers, right? There's no barriers. So someone can, can collaborate with you and participate through this Web 3.0 experience in these projects. And that probably feels like a sense of community to you. Is that, is that fair? It feels like it, it's like when we're all kids on the playground. We want to be able to play with other kids, right? And yeah. we might change the things we like to do in that playground, but we're social beings. And it feels like through your arc, this is a fantastic next step for an explorer that wants no limitations, no barriers, and wants to be the dive bar that allows that comfort that I can be who I, I want to be, and I don't have to be something that they, the outside, expect. Fair or foul? Fair. Yeah. I mean, I think it's um, it's the great equalizer. You know, it's like we're, you know, we're 8,000 people interested in this, and there's no tears. You know, it's not like uh, you walk in a restaurant. Yeah, maybe every once in a while there's a restaurant that says, I'm going to put this person at the windows. <laughs> but usually it's like, you know, we, you buy your token and you buy your NFT and, and you're, you're part of it. I think it, it's, a, it's a simple entry, which I would advise anyone that hasn't done it. Just get in there and just, just you know, buy an NFT, join, like follow a community on Twitter. And it'll just, you know, it may not. Some people are interested in these things. But it, for me, at least, it, it lit, a, lit a fire where, you know, we it's just very genuine. You know, we can just see like, you know, look, maybe no one wants to be part of this community. Like, okay. Like maybe no one, else, you know, that might happen, but like, and maybe that, that, maybe yeah. that's the, the summation. I mean, maybe it's that at this stage in your life, you are, you are okay in a positive way. Right. With the unknown, like yeah. the unknown is okay. It's not unsettling. It's not anxiety provoking. It's, it's, it's information, it's relationship, it's data, it's, you know, it's yeah. time spent and that you'll learn from that and continue to grow because you're not fearing failure anymore. Yeah. No, you have to have, you know, in any business, right, you have to have an idea. Then you have to find, you have to get people interested in that idea. And then you have to see if they want to stick around and, and invest in that business. And then you try to find a way where then those that have invested in the business can actually share in the in the future value of the business. And this is just a very simple way of like, a lot of times you get, you get stuck at steps, right? You build a product, you know, like, I think a lot of people would like this, mm-hmm. but I don't really know how to reach them. I don't know how to do the market. I don't know how to market. I was like, Oh, <laughs> we'll get to I that later. <laughs> yeah. I found this, but like, and I found the people, but the price isn't right. You know? And so like, what it's like, well, they'll establish their own value of what the price should be. And that's what it will trade at. It's like, okay. And then I don't know, you know, why did they leave? Was it not creating enough value? I mean, the good thing about web three is like, if it's interesting, they'll find you. And if you create enough value for them, they should stick around. And if you don't create enough value for them, they will not stick around. And you'll know, you'll be able to see that. And you'll be like, this didn't work. So my, you know, the idea was like very basic. Like if you, when I, when I was, if I was eating in a restaurant and I saw someone from the gym eating in that restaurant, it was like, wow, this is awesome. They're, they're, they, they're supporting they're interested in both these ideas, which have really have nothing to do with each other. In fact, they could be considered counterproductive to go to the gym and then eat nachos afterwards. Right. <laughs> but now it's like, and it would often lead that those conversations of like, Hey, you know, it'd be cool if you could open a, um, this or Hey, you know, we, we also need this. So we did that. It's like now really the goal is like, let's find that community and let's have those conversations together and be like, great, let's do this and that. And, um, you know, Find a way, you know, there has to be a, an aesthetic and a, and a vibe that the community kind of enjoys, but then anything's possible. You know, we could like anything that's on earth, 
we can recreate because we're not taking it away from Earth. We're trying to, we're trying to, you know, create, uh, you know, new brands and new games and new relationships that can exist in two places. And I think you've already, you're already seeing that with like, you know, uh, you know, projects where people are like, you know, even the whole idea of like, uh, you know, having the commercial rights to your, your character and stuff. And, and those decisions is, it's like, wow, okay, that's really interesting. Like, and that was another thing that kind of got me on. It's like, okay, so I have the commercial rights to this, but what can I do? It's like, well, if we can kind of like start to unlock those things, then all of a sudden it becomes really exciting and has the chance to be really big, but it's at the small levels. Like, it's like, here's a big platform and here's a bunch of people that are taking IP they've developed and, and we're giving them an opportunity to, you know, create something there. And here's things we, we're coming up with. So I, I'm just really excited about the whole thing. And I know it's going to be, I like, I, I wondered how I would feel once we actually announced the project of like, and I, and I, and I feel happy in that there's no expectations. There was no, I didn't feel any, we're not, I tell people, we're not preordained to be popular or like to have a great project. We start at zero, just like everyone else. We'll find people one at a time. We'll build a community. And then if, as long as we continue adding value, it'll be a lot of fun for everyone. You know? <laughs> well, and I think people are going to, they're going to love watching, uh, and hopefully joining the, the journey along with you. It's as we close, it's, it's your little bit. And I say this, um, I, I say this hopefully with the spirit intended, um, but it, it, you are sort of the, the web 3.0 version of Forrest Gump, right? There are fantastic stories that you come from and you bring all these different experiences as an entrepreneur. And now so many, the masses get to be a part of what's inside your brain um, in a very creative, you know, non-limiting environment that hopefully will bore out incredible new opportunities for people and, and new learnings uh, along the way. But uh, there's a vibe, there's a rhythm to you, uh, even the way in which you talk about your passions that I think really relates to people and how they want to get out of their preconceived notion of, of what it means to be sort of in this world as we're figuring ourselves out. So I think it's a fantastic example of what an entrepreneurial mind and spirit is outside of being a classic entrepreneur. And that to me is 3.0. So we want to thank Nick Swinburne. He is the uh, founder. Check out Moons of Mars, uh, his new effort and project, which sounds uh, – I'm, I'm very interested in now, and I didn't know a whole heck of a lot about Web 3.0 and NFTs, but I feel that much more informed. So I'm looking forward to it. But check out – Nick, where can they go on social media to learn more about Moons of Mars? I want to make sure they can get connected. Yeah, it's at Moons of Mars NFT um, on Twitter. Um, I'm at Coast Talk. That's my anonymous anonymous <laughs> name. Um, and then our website is uh, moonsofmars.xyz. Um, Wonderful. So, yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot for, you know, letting me ramble, and I enjoyed the conversation, and you got me even more excited. I'm ready to, <laughs> ready to get back to work. Well, there you go. See, it's like we've, we've been in Web 3.0 just in this discussion. Well, Nick, we want to thank you again. Check out Moons of Mars. Uh, you'll see that uh, in the story and also uh, through my post of this discussion. But once again, I want to thank Nick and all that he's doing, and uh, I feel that much more creative. I've been your host today, Dr. Rod Berger. Thanks for taking the plunge into Headroom, where we uncover the why behind the what and who impacting our lives. Headroom is a production of Rainlight and co-produced by our friends at Old Soul. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger, and this is Headroom.